All righty. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ripple with Juju. Tonight, I have a new acquaintance with me. Her name is Davina. And she has um, recently, if I'm not mistaken, Davina, you just got your nurse practitioner, correct? Correct. Awesome. Congratulations. Um, I do want to insert a disclaimer at this point. Anytime I'm talking about plant medicines, um, I want everybody to know that neither I nor my guest are physicians and we are not prescribing anything. Um, the things that we discuss on the Ripple with Juju are our own personal experiences. So if you are having mental health issues, if you're having uh, physiological issues, please contact your healthcare provider and let them help you out in getting the help that you need. So again, welcome Davina. Thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. Thank you, my pleasure. Um, can you tell us, so you recently got your nurse practitioner, but you specialize in psych nursing, is that correct? That is correct. Awesome, how long have you been working in uh, psychiatric nursing? So I, uh, let me back up on that. So my experience Please. as a psych nurse, uh, I did a PRN nursing for a mental psych clinic. Okay. And, but I did uh, regular nursing for about uh, since 2005 and okay. but up until last year. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So what was your specialty before you got into mental health? So I was actually a licensed doctor of optometry in the Philippines. And then when I moved oh. to the, yeah. So when I moved to the States, I didn't really maintain my license in the Philippines. After marriage, we just began having our children, um, which I also have eight children. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So eight years of those, I was busy giving birth and taking care of my babies. Just and a little busy. Just a little busy. <laughs> and going back to optometry school in the U.S. with little children was not feasible. So, um, right. yes, the, we were living in Washington State then, and uh, the closest university would have been two hours away from me. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so um, when my youngest was turning around uh, four years old, I was beginning to know that or even realize that I would need to supplement our income <laughs> to raise our growing family. And, yeah. and nursing was a perfect solution because I could work three days in a week and then still be home with the children. Right on. Yep. So I went back to school with no thoughts of, I cannot do this. I just trusted the process, became, right on. became a nurse. And I thought I was done with bachelors of nursing, but then I kept going. And okay. I, I finished a master's degree in nursing. And one of Congrats. them was a psych nurse practitioner. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. I love, it. I, I've always have, you know how, um, because I'm a licensed practical nurse. So one of the things that I've always, um, admired is how people have a particular passion for a particular specialty, you know, like people that can work in like NICU with the prenates and it, and people that work with psychiatric patients. It's a gift, man. Thank you for doing what uh -huh. you do. Yes. Uh, I know I, when I was first nursing in Arkansas, um, I worked in a unit that had a, a couple of different um, uh, places. One was a psych unit. One was a long-term acute care. And uh, every once in a while, the psych unit would get shorthanded. So we would have to go over there. And it just never was my thing. So <laughs> doing what you do <laughs> i understand thank you thank you so you gave me your history in healthcare. that's awesome and um so the way that i met davina was we were at my friend uh Manie's house and she was participating in a sweat lodge and i was the fire keeper 
yeah. for the sweat lodge. So that's how our paths crossed. And then, of course, you know how it is when you are in those situations. You kind of hang out and talk with people. And I found out she was a nurse practitioner in psych. And one of the things that I like to address on the Ripple with Juju is uh, the state of mental health in the United States. Um, Davina, can you share with me your views on the current state of mental health here in the U.S.? So coming from this side of uh, psychiatry, uh, there are definitely um, an increase in mental health challenges uh, in our nation. Um, there is a national survey that came out from SAMHSA and the CDC and the Department of Education where uh, American adults, 198 uh, percent of them are experiencing mental health uh, concerns in 2019 and that's more than 50 million people wow and yes and there's 24.7 percent of uh, americans with uh, mental health concerns that are not receiving the care they need uh -huh. um, and uh almost five percent of adults report experiencing suicidal ideation and this number has been steadily increasing for the last 10 years um, it's just uh, an estimated 19.3 million of Americans definitely also are having a substance use disorder since uh, 2019. Uh, that was 19.3 million and wow. approximately 841,000 people have died from a drug overdose between 2000 to 2019. Wow. So uh, with this uh, mental health challenges, um, um, it's just uh, staggering that, um, and we don't, we're not even beginning to look at the homeless um, people that have mental health illnesses too. So, yeah. 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 That's one of the things um, that I don't like about allopathic medicine, honestly, is they do not take into account the whole person. Right. Um, a lot of times, you know, uh, People are getting prescribed medications for the symptoms, but they're not going to the root. Right. Um, and those are some staggering numbers. Yeah. And, 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 and here in having gone through what we just went through with the whole virus thing, I'm guessing that those numbers, which you were quoting, which I believe were major, the majority of them were from 2019, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so here we are um, like three years later, two or three years later, and those numbers have got to be, ha have a nice chunk of change added to them as of 2022. Yeah. Um, you know, with all of the downtime and, you know, the quarantining, and that's never good for the state of the mind. Yeah. Um, and also so children. Children aged 12 to 17 for the majority of mental health related emergency department visits in 2019 and 2020. Wow, that just it makes me so sad to hear that. Yeah, um, because myself personally, um, having gone through a lot of depression, you know, resulting, you know, that was my symptom from you know child abuse. You know, that you know. I mean, I think it's safe to assume that a lot of these children that are being diagnosed are, are dealing with some kind of abuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really, I think that's one of the perks to getting back to the tribe mentality. You know, I don't know. I don't, I want to be part of a tribe where everybody's kind of watching out for everybody else, you know? Yes, yes. Um, it, it helps because so many people feel so alone. Yep. You know, and the isolation um, definitely is yeah, that does not help. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things that has helped me personally with my mental health issues um, was when I got involved in plant medicines. And if I'm not mistaken, you have your own experience with plant medicine. Yes. 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 I would love if you would share. Yes, so um, plant medicine may one day find its place at the table side by side with other psychiatric medicine. 
I am definitely keeping a humble optimism because all it takes is a few bad press, right? And we might find it back underground. Yeah. So when I talk about plant medicine or plant teachers in some of the shamanic tribes, as they call it, I can yeah. only speak on ayahuasca and San Pedro. Both are okay. indigenous to South America, such as yeah. Peru, Ecuador. And San Pedro is also a bit gentler than many of the other plant teachers. So it earned its nickname, the grandfather, because of yes. the way it's gentle uh, compared to ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, in my experience, is almost saying, ah, you've decided to enter into my land. And once, <laughs> you're, <laughs> and once you're in her land, she has you for a few hours showing you things that you never expected you'll be shown no mm. matter what intentions one has when you are under Aya's power she will take over and you uh, she will show you what you actually need yes. now it may not make sense to us but after the journey one will be left with a wow feeling an enlightened yeah. moment in a life in a lifetime yes, yes. And I think this is where I will emphasize this point that do not forget what you experience when you are in Aya, in Ayahuasca. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, when we go on a trip, let's say a trip to Italy, we are wowed with the magnificence of old. We take pictures, eat the food of the country and enjoy every moment we are there because at some point we have to go home and we know we yeah. can go home. Now this trip we, we take with Ayahuasca as our guide she takes us places most of the time in places of our minds to the untapped places of our brains. And yeah. at times it is fun. At times it is scary and challenging because it yeah. is so unknown to us. She yes. breaks. Yeah. She does break away from what we know from our conceived reality and into another reality unknown to our senses, a reality that our eyes have not seen. Our ears have not heard feeling we have not felt like we're definitely entering into a very real dream. And, you know, like the song says, after this trip, we need to remember who we are. Um, yes. That is what Aya, Ayahuasca will show us for those brief hours that could feel like eternity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes it does feel like it's going on and on, but I think it's just because we wind up in that quantum field, right? Where there is no space, there is no time. Yes. Um, and so, and there's a study uh, I was reading in the Journal of Affective Disorder Reports. Uh, uh -huh. The title of the research paper is "Ayahuasca Use and Reported Effects on Depression and Anxiety Symptoms." Um, it's an international cross-sectional study, and they definitely, um, the results were, there were uh, 11,912 people in the study, uh -huh. and 78% uh, of them reported that their depression was either very much improved or completely resolved, while 70% yes. of those with anxiety reported that their symptoms were very much improved or completely resolved. Excellent. Yes. So definitely there is something that ayahuasca can offer the, oh, yes. the medic, medic, medical world. Yes, indeed. And I think we're getting to a good place with a lot of the research being funded now. Um, you know, I know there's research being done on a lot of psychedelics slash plant medicines. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as far as psilocybin, ayahuasca, MDMA, um, ketamine, LSD. Um, so I think they've really picked the baton back up in a in a pretty good way. Yeah. Um, and I'm very, very happy about that. I know it helped me tremendously. I have not been on antidepressants or sleep medications since the first time I did ayahuasca, yeah. which was in 2018. Um, That's awesome. And then... But I also started doing, shortly after that, I also started doing some inner child work. So the doorways that get opened with plant medicine for you to walk through and really take control of your own healing yes. is many, many doorways. So, yep. um, and now, you know, I think we're kind of, 
um, programmed in this country to think that if we're not walking around with a smile um, on our <laughs> face and, and a, you know, pep in our step that um, we're not normal. Right. That was just you know, to say that. Or, or that there's something wrong with us. Um, when in actuality, I believe, um, from my own experience and what I've witnessed, is that we have been conditioned to not feel. Right. And then when we do feel and we get depressed, we think there's something wrong with us. Right. Is that something that you've witnessed as well? Definitely. Um, it's almost like, um, you know, I like the, I like Carl Jung and uh, re- I've read a lot of his work. And recently I've been right. uh, reading James Hill- uh, Hillman, I think. Yeah, James Hillman. Okay. And he talks about uh, a lot about our soul. And, you know, um, and I think that's part of, um, and this is how I talk to my patients too sometimes when, because, um, you know, in psychiatry, everything is pathologized, right? Everything is yes. like a disease and it yes. has to be labeled. But right. in because there's no real realization that there is a soul component. Wow. <laughs> I don't know, man. We're going to get this episode done tonight. That's right. <laughs> I'm like a pit bull now. I'm not letting it go. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we were talking about, you had referenced James Hillman and he, his uh, talking about the soul and yes. the soul component. Uh, you're fading out to Drew Drew, just in case. Okay. Okay. There Is you that go. A better? That's better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he talks about um, the soul, and I'm always uh, uh, a firm believer that something within us, there's such, we have such um, diverse, uh, we're not just one of what we see who we are, right? Right. Uh, our, our depression, our anxiety, our stressors, they are telling us something, they're asking us to discover something, but and I but I can also understand where uh, it can be overwhelming at times, and yes. uh, where you cannot hear what your soul is trying to tell you. Yes. And I think that's where the beauty of plant medicine comes in. It allows you to disengage your brain, what you know, what you think you know, and it just opens you up to this is what your soul is trying to tell you. Yes. That you cannot find on your own with the help of plant medicine. I'm going to let you see what you need to see. Um, so definitely a lot of soul, uh, soul teaching and soul searching that happens with plant medicine. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, I, it gets, it gets um, that analytical mind out of the way that default mode network. Right. gets put aside um, so that we can remember to me, ayahuasca was always like remembering, right. Um, remembering that I am a part of source source is not outside of me. Yes. Um, and I think that was one of the things that always made me uncomfortable about working on the psych unit was people would be having um, hallucinations uh, or be in some form of delusion. And I always had to ask myself, <clears throat> really, is that really what's going on? Or are they just tapped into something else? Right. You know, are they working on a different dimension? Because I think that um, we definitely have the capability to exist in different dimensions simultaneously, but that's going into the whole quantum thing. I and I think that if we try to pro yeah. with a mind that has been um, grown in the way it's been grown, mm-hmm. I think that can make us feel like we're losing our shit. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> You know, so I like that you tapped into the soul aspect. Yeah. Um, so have you seen any 
changes that are being implemented um, as far as mental health moving in a more positive forward direction? Like a change. I know they just came out with a new DSM a few years ago, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of I psychiatrists too, don't like it. The old uh, psychiatrists, they don't like it. Cause they don't I, like the new one? Yeah, because I think it crunched up so many uh, symptoms into one diagnosis. Right. Okay. Yeah. But to me, mm-hmm. I feel like um, the the government, there is money that they share um, to the community so we can take care of our uh, people. But then at the same time, um, there's still that need for that soul to be touched. Because I think we're not going to heal mental health issues with medication. Um, That's why we couple it with uh, psychotherapy. So that's very important as well. But, and then even that with psychotherapy, I feel like it needs to be on a soulish level. We can, we can trick our minds to think differently but I, I don't like shortchanging people. I've, I've right. always wanted them to know that there is the enlightened one within our being. We're just not able to tap it for some reason. Yes. And like I said, like uh, plant medicine definitely will help uh, break that, um, that core so we can dig deep into our soul. Yeah. So and to find that. Yeah. I think that's one of the, big things too is when we work in the plant medicine community um the level of support um is just so beautiful Mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite things about working in the plant medicine community um do you see a cohesiveness like that um in psych nursing no i i um unfortunately i don't because um like just take for example, our uh, I, I work a lot with also with uh, addicted uh, people, substance addiction, um, right. and when they go to the ER, and I know there's an attitude, yeah, you put yourself there, but at the same time, uh, we went into this field to care for people, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I can understand both ways. The nurses can be they have built up this uh, hard facade and they just become yeah. so seemingly heartless. And uh, it's a, it's a horrible cycle of um, it, yeah. And you can see both, both uh, the healthcare, the nursing is cycling and the addicted person is cycling. And so we're all caught up in our own cycles that. Right. Hey. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, you know, we, uh, it's, we need to start building more, um, I think, support networks for people that work in healthcare. Definitely. Uh, whether it's, you know, regular allopathic medicine, psych nursing, whatever, you know, to support each other. Because I think the more we bring the soul aspect into what we do in our daily lives, whether it's interacting at work or interacting at home in our community, you know, I think the more that we do that, and, you know, it's definitely going to be up to people like us that work with plant medicines that are in healthcare, yeah, um, to bring that more to the forefront. Because I think, I think what happens is I think people get scared to share that part of themselves. Yes. They fear that vulnerability because they have to be on all the time when you're working in healthcare. Right. You know, their analytical mind is always going. So I think, you know, that tribe mentality, we can bring that into um, regular health care, you know. Yeah. I mean, so it's, you know. So how has your experience been working in psych nursing? Say that again. I'm sorry. Said how has your experience been working in psych nursing? So um, as a nurse practitioner, Um, there's a lot of, uh, people, um, that, um, it's almost like in any, even with people taking plant medicine, uh, same people, the same with people who are asking for, uh, mental health, uh, medications and therapy, 
there's all there's that readiness readiness face that one it's almost like you have to be I see it in my um in my patients most of them they they enter into either rehab or take medications for for their addiction or their mental health issues but at some point mm-hmm. um they fail themselves because um it's as if there's a part of them that's not ready to enter into it. Yeah. So, um, but you know, and and it can get tiring. Uh, Like nurses, they get tired of, you know, dealing with, um, it's not that people are being difficult. They're not trying to be difficult. It's just, it's just the way they know how to do, you know, how to deal. Yes. So how they've been conditioned. So, yeah, yeah, it's how they've been conditioned. I think that's a big part of a lot of things. Um, So what role do you see? um, How plant medicine, how has it changed your life? So when I first uh, drank ayahuasca, um, I was asking actually for physical healing. Um, Uh I have Hashimoto's, so, and um, after that, I still have Hashimoto's, but one thing that I didn't expect is every time I ride on a plane, I always puke. After ayahuasca, I was totally healed. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, I didn't expect it. I didn't even think about to ask for that healing. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. So when I also, uh, I was also at that phase in my life where I'm um, beginning to uh, clarify which path to take. Um, There's so many, you know, sometimes your two paths is better than being given like a multiple path that you can choose from. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, So I was asking for clarity as to how I should uh, maneuver my life. And um, the first night I partook, uh, again, I asked for healing. I slept the whole night and I was snoring. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. And I was far away from my husband. And he was like, he was having his own trip. He was seeing colors. He was enjoying himself. And he was just like, Mm -hmm. who can sleep through this? (laughs) He didn't realize it was me. (laughs) It's amazing how two people's experiences can be so vastly different. (laughs) Yes. And then the second night, I started to have visions. Um, I actually drew. Uh, I when we see each other again, I have to show you what I drew. I saw awesome uh, this woman rising. As I, I, all I was like gawking at this figure in front of me. I'm like, am I really seeing this person? <laughs> and um, it was such a strong woman. And um, that night, um, I really felt like she was telling me I'm I'm strong uh I didn't even realize that I felt like I didn't that I would that I didn't feel that I was strong so she was really emphasizing that that night and um and then for some reason too uh I got the message that water is my medicine so and I yeah and so I think um having like you said you know like ayahuasca is just showing she shows us she's not healing herself but she shows you how yes. to heal yourself yes. so well that sounds like you had a wonderful ayahuasca experience yeah <laughs> that's amazing so i know with myself it um i had been on gosh probably every antidepressant that they can prescribe Mm-hmm. Um, and it would work for a while and then it wouldn't work for a while. And then I'd go to a different one. And, you know, when I, before I went to, uh, I had of course been on, you know, an antidepressant, I was on 10 milligrams of Ambien. I was on two blood pressure medications and, uh, had not done any inner child work. Um, you know, the, the deep dive and stuff. Um, and that's, and ayahuasca turned it all around. Awesome. Um, just totally turned it all around. And so now, you know, I honor the feelings that come to the surface. And, you know, if I have to 
sit in silence, you know, for the day or part of the day and just feel all those feelings. That's what I do. Okay. You know, I don't feel, I don't feel the need to take any prescription medication anymore. Um, I don't do medicine very often. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that I do most often is the Cambo, um, just to keep my immune system, yeah. you know, on top. um, and it works so beautifully. Um, but it, I take a very long part my integration, um, between medicine ceremonies. Is that something Oops. the integration, you take a long time with the integration? Um, actually, um, I did not take a long time. Um, although the unveiling of the meaning of the images and the messages, that kind of, uh, was longer because, yeah. um, you know, it's almost like there's a message there and a code that you kind of decipher as you keep going with your life. So, but the integration, yeah. Oh, um, because after that, um, the second night was uh, that, you know, where I saw the figure, me and uh-huh. my husband felt like uh, we felt like uh, a death experience, which oh, could wow. be scary, right? Yeah. And so after that night, we're both like, we're not going to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one before. <laughs> but it was, and then after i i don't know how it happened but i felt like after the whole weekend of um uh plant medicine retreat i we both felt like everybody should take this because yeah. all the world should take it because it's very healing yeah it's just it's, it's amazing isn't it i mean it is. it, and the research uh, that they're they've been doing on ayahuasca and the other um plant medicines and and um psychedelics are showing especially with psilocybin um you know that we can actually rewire our brain yes so the science now um that's coming to the forefront and becoming more common knowledge Mm -hmm. i think is what's going to lead us into this big shift that's coming as far as you know consciousness and how we deal with our health and healing, you know, in relation to plant medicines and psychedelics. Yeah. I mean, the science is there. You can't, you know, you can't deny what's, what's coming up now because there are too many different places, different sources that are coming up with the same conclusions as far as, you know, uh, the neurology, um, so it's so promising. Yes. I'm very, very happy about it. And I, and I feel that um, healthcare professionals such as you and I um, have the, I feel like the responsibility to kind of move it forward. And I think every time that we get into a discussion, especially on um, uh forum like this i think it moves us a little more forward too yes you know i actually uh applied for maps uh to train under them but i don't know how it works i just applied but um i'm not sure if there's supposed to be like a group of cohorts here where i live because i know um they take people where they already exist, like a group of them already exist. And right. Yeah. Cause I feel um, like, I feel like people like you, right? Like attending, we, we tend fire. We, yeah. we um, take care of the ones that are going under plant medicine and we know what it's like. Yes. And so those who have had experience, I think definitely would make good uh, support, personal support while they're doing their sessions. Oh yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I didn't, it was, it's funny. I had done ayahuasca, I think um, twice before I started volunteering um, at an ayahuasca church. And I didn't realize how fulfilling just being a volunteer and holding space for people would be. Yep. 
but it was just, it was as holy an experience as being in the medicine for me yes. personally. Um, it was just absolutely amazing. And then um, I was not even in nursing for two years when I started doing plant medicine. Um, shortly after that, I got out of nursing um, and was working at the ayahuasca church. And then, you know, I meandered and, you know, went yeah. down to Peru <laughs> and, you know, so um, I only got back into nursing at the beginning of last year. So, and I wasn't sure how, I, how it was going to work after not being in it for two years and, and being so involved in the plant medicine community. Um, so it was, um, I, I don't work a full-time nursing schedule because it's just too stressful for me now. Yeah. Um, and I'm very good with boundaries. I think that's one of the things that plant medicine taught me as well, um, to maintain my boundaries good for you um, yeah and and i think it's been really beneficial to how i function in my job of nursing yeah well it's yeah it's been really really good for me um so uh, let me ask you now that we're we're going to be wrapping it up here soon um have you had your own issues with mental health Actually, no, I personally do not have any like diagnosable mental health issues. Oh. Uh, I do experience what everybody else experience, you know, the normal sadness, loneliness, anger and yeah. stress. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it becomes an issue when it takes over one's life and it disrupts yeah. your life. Right. Yeah. And and like I said, we need to pathologize everything. And so and actually, that is where my struggle lies in being a psych nurse practitioner is that in the field of psychiatry, everything has to be, you know, labeled. Um, not all illnesses are illnesses that are, you know, supposed to be medicated. Um, right. And I think that's what I've discovered at a very young age. Um, and I don't know how I know how to handle most of my life's challenges. Maybe I credit my past lives. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, so, yeah. And um, I grew up with chilled parents. Um, my, my mom, she is very vocal about her feelings. So she definitely expresses mm -hmm. there's a certain tenacity to her. She's fearless. And, and I think that's probably where I got where even uh, if I fear something, uh, yeah. I will feel, fear, feel the fear. But then I yeah. almost like tower over it. I feel like there's a natural tendency for me to tower over what yes. I'm experiencing yes. so and you know it's just that that was that's my my life and um yeah so I that's just who I am yeah that's that's awesome to hear it's not very often I come across anybody um in the plant medicine community and the healthcare community that isn't having some kind of issues yeah um just, I mean, even, I mean, you said the numbers before, I mean, you know, 19.8% of the population in 2019. Yeah. You know, so it's That's a um, lot, isn't it? Oh my gosh. You know, when I think about it and it's, I think the thing, um, when I first went into, um, service was, in 1994, when I went to massage therapy school, and I've been in in some kind of profession that was service oriented since mm. then. Yeah, um, massage therapy, nursing, um, and like you, raising kids. You know, that's <laughs> its <Yeah>. own service <laughs> service mode. Um, but it's. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. Damn it. <laughs> I hate it when I do that. Yeah. You were talking about the 19.8 million <laughs> of people diagnosed with mental health issues. Yeah. And so with all of these people with these mental health issues, I mean, I it's like, which step do we take first? Right. You know, it's, it seems so large. And I, and I think that that's, 
I think the maybe the answer to that is just, you know, one person at a time, starting with ourselves. Yes, I agree. You know, I mean, I know that's made a big difference for me is, you know, and that's one of the reasons I named the podcast what I did, um, The Ripple, because I, I think that, you know, we start with ourselves and that ripples out, kind of like that butterfly effect. Right. You know, I've gotten into conversations with people about why are you not up in arms about this political thing or that political thing? <laughs> and I'm like, listen, because what I feel is the best way for me to affect change is to heal myself. Right. Yeah. You know, yes. and then that um, kind of has that ripple effect outwards. And I mean, I've seen it in, in my own kids. You know, yeah. I mean, I've had some interesting conversations with my kids and my mom and, um, you know, really getting down to the to the meat of things as far as, you know, having to apologize to them for um, past behavior yeah. um, and being OK with that. Yes. You know, and I think there's got to be some way that we can normalize being mm. in therapy. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, how do we do that? You know, I think just talking about it. Yeah. And uh, actually, I was talking to one of my uh, patients yesterday and, um, she, you know, I told her, you know, sometimes you just have to dump the garbage. And the role of a therapist sometimes is to, yeah, listen to that garbage. And those therapists are hopefully taking care of themselves, too, because you can only yes. absorb so many garbage. You need to dump that somewhere through um, either meditation or definitely pursuing your spiritual life, uh, keeping a check on yourself or talking to another therapist. Yes. I think that's a big thing for us as healthcare workers. Um, and, and, or being of service is the self-care. I think we forget about taking care of ourselves. Yes. I'm not guilty of that no more. I take damn good care of myself. Right. <laughs> but it, it, you know, it took me a long time to figure that out, right. you know, because I had this mentality of, you know, oh no, it, it's very noble for me to martyr myself and give 110% of myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week to everybody else, but myself, yep. you know, and I think we're raised that way. I think it's part of the conditioning. Right. And not you realizing know? that you're not being effective. Oh, you know, you're right. used being effective and a lot of, a lot of doctor psychiatrists, they're, they almost don't seem to care anymore. Yeah, I, I, I think it's that callousness that they've built up. I think um, I think it's too painful to care too much. Right. You know, <laughs> exactly. I think, I think that's a big part of it. You know, yeah. we don't want anybody to see us. Um, you know, and this is just how we've been conditioned. We don't want anybody to see us in that vulnerable state. Right. And, but, and taking that. A role that you will change the person but you as healthcare providers you need to realize you cannot change anybody no. even those uh church people pastors whoever is in authority of you know spiritual care no one can change anybody all you got to do is always just keep planting that seed reminding these people that who they are that there's light within them yes and they just need to find it and yes. you guide them as to how they can find it. And so. Yes, we are all responsible for our own healing, whatever, yes. whether that's physical healing, mental health healing, spiritual healing. Um, and yeah, that's really. a very, very important point um, about um, helping people. You know, we don't want to create these codependent relationships. Yes. You know, I hold space for you. Um, I will give you information, yeah. you know, but what yep. you do with that information, that's your, that's your plate, you know, Yep. that's your plate. And I think, um, and I think as healthcare um, people that work in healthcare, I think we can set the example for the self-care as well. Yeah. You know, um, 
setting boundaries, you know, and, and sharing, yeah, you know, sharing our, our self-care experiences, like, you know, talking about, um, you know, the sweat lodge and, and how awesome that was, and, yeah. you know, our plant medicine experiences and, yeah. um, you know, I think it's important for us to share all of those things. I think um, so too. Yeah. With others, you know, that we work with. Yeah. I mean, when I went out for um, a travel nursing gig, I was in Nebraska for three months last year and it was a Christian facility run facility. So I was a little like, Oh, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've been pagan for a couple of decades and, and I, I can't even, you know, what you were saying about labels, it's hard to even label that right. because you know, I take a little bit from a lot of different places. Right. Um, but I was like, Oh, this is because you've seen me, you know, I've got all this ink, you know, I've got piercings, I've got ink, <laughs> but, you know, so I'm not your run of the mill nurse. Right. So I was like, okay, so I'm going out to, you know, the good old Midwest out to Nebraska to this Christian run facility. What's this going to be like? Um, but it was actually, it was amazing. It was a really good experience. And we won't talk about the weather because that was not part of the good experience. <laughs> um, but it was a great experience because they accepted me for just who I was, yeah. you know, and some really interesting in-depth conversations revolving around plant medicine and spirituality and doing the work that we do. Yep. Um, So, and that's like you said before about planting those seeds, Yep. you know, and hopefully somebody, you know, takes that seed forth and germinates it and has their own little garden. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, you, when you also asked me about, um, what is my personal path to healing? I was, mm-hmm. uh, briefly discussing with my husband, Christopher, he is an astrologer and Ooh, nice. that one of my personal path to healing and knowing my true self is through astrology. So I was reminded in my conversation with him that a path is not the cure, such as ayahuasca, San Pedro, and astrology is not the cure. It is a path that you could walk on in your pursuit of healing toward wholeness. So so when I say astrology is my path, I see my potentials, my strengths, my weaknesses, my past, Mm -hmm. my future. And the mystery of it all is how astrology is like a mirror into who your being is. Yes, at the core. Yes. Yeah, at the core. My uncle uh, was an astrologer. Um, he's been long past. Um, but I, I, I've i always wanted to uh, get hold of one of my cousins and see if I can get the charts that he used to do. He used to have books flipped open on the tables. Oh, yeah. And charts all over the place. Yeah. And I just really end up. And that was from when I was a kid that I, I remember seeing him with the books flipped open all over the place. So you figure 40, 50 years ago, um, I remember seeing him delving into um, the astrology, hardcore, hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, um, yeah, whatever we need to do to, um, you know, take care of ourselves and, and stay on our paths and, you know, and they're all tools, you know, the astrology is a tool, the ayahuasca is a tool, you know, any of the plant medicines. I mean, it's like having a good pen when you're a writer, you know, is your tool. That's perfect. Um, Yep. So, you know, and it's, you know, fill up the toolbox. I think that's part of our mission as well to help people see what they can use as tools. Yes. um, Whether it's plant medicine, um, you know, or just sitting down with, with a friend and, you know, having, having some tea or, you know, sitting around a fire or going to a sweat lodge. Yeah. You know, these are all tools for us um, yeah. to help us maintain our own mental health. Yes, definitely. Um, all righty. Do you have any closing thoughts, Davina? Um, I just feel that I think we had a very good talk and regarding all these tools that are available to us. And um, that they're not the end all be all, but they're definitely there to 
provide us with um, uh, to pave the way for all the possibilities. Oh, you know what I wanted? It just popped back in my brain again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you were talking about uh, wanting to uh, get hooked up with maps. Yeah. Check out uh, Dr. Lori Maddox. I had her on the show um, a couple of weeks ago. It may not even be that oh, one. Oh, I think this is my Facebook friend. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. Um, she may have uh, some more information about how MAPS op operate. She runs Orlando Psychedelic Society. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, see if you can connect with her. She might be able to give you a little insight into connecting with them. Okay. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, let me tell you, if, if you need something, I probably know somebody that can help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding that out now, Juju. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, I love the network of people that I've come in contact with uh, because of plant medicine and the brains that I get to pick. It's amazing. I love yes. it. Um, and especially um, healthcare professionals like yourself, um, that bring so much credibility, if that's the word I want to use, I don't know, um, <laughs> to plant medicine, you know, yes. um, and I think it's, uh, and don't forget, February 20th is Thank You Plant Medicine Day. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. Yes. So usually there's a lot of people recording videos about their personal experience with plant medicine, um, and this is the third year, so it'll be February 20th. Okay. Yeah. So that just popped in my brain too. Because <laughs> what we do here at the Ripple with Juju. Nina, thank you so much for being such a patient guest. Um, we had some technical difficulties and Davina's just kind of rolled with it with me. So I appreciate that so much, Davina. Thank yes, you. Yes. It's a pleasure. And thank you for bringing your holistic view to psychiatric nursing. I appreciate yes. that. Um, I remember thinking to myself, oh, man, open your mind, open your mind. <laughs> so um, when I when I see people that are on their spiritual path and um, working in allopathic medicine, I always say a prayer for them because <laughs> I know it's not easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know it's not easy, but here's here's hoping that it'll, it'll get better, you know. Yes. Just... Uh, is talking about these kinds of things so thank you again for your time thank you everyone for listening to the ripple with juju and who knows maybe davina will want to come on the show again and we can tap into some other topics so thank you everybody good night good night